Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled Woe period Begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Hi everyone, Ben here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Michael Rojo, Heath Carter, Catherine Arthur, Christoph Angyal, Kay Moore, Kirin Sang, Sarah Spielvogel, Pam Winkler, Chris Lawson, Chris Sims. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. Welcome to episode 95 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today, I have... Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas, and Helen Gould. And who are you playing? Uh, Grizzop Drick Act Amsterdam. Hamid Salah Haroon Altahan. Sasha Rackett. And Azu. I got a plan, guys. Ooh. You ready for the plan? No. The yep. plan is... No abject misery in this episode. You said that for like the past yeah. 10 episodes. But, yeah, like basically the entire but, time Helen's been with us. Well, it's because the problem is is that I've trained you all so well that... Guys, I'm still holding my breath. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. it's fine. Um, you can it's going blue. Yep. So picking up more or less where we left off. <sighs> yep. We have... Um, our trademark social awkwardness of the party like that doesn't narrow it down anymore pain abstract concepts pain rolls. abstract concepts uh, no type of conflict or so if you've come over from the adventure. Magnus Archives <laughs> yeah, we, uh, had a great time guys <laughs> we are going to pick up where we left off specifically within and upon and around breakfast <laughs> I, I believe it's time to uh, carry on Brit. from a position yes. of absolute breakfast what? <laughs> absolute position. <laughs> Not relative, absolute. You you guys met Gideon. Oh what like wait, hmm. No. Oh he was <laughs> he was this really forgettable guy that brought Einstein's tea. Yeah, that one. Huh. Gideon was like Bertie. Seemed a lot quieter. But worse. He took active pleasure in being mean to people, but he was much, much better at making it seem like he wasn't. I'm still on like Bertie, but worse. Sorry. A bad person. He was my best friend. Oh dear. I... Arrived in England at the age of 15 at a new school 
I was the only halfling there. Was the only brown-skinned person there. Didn't speak English very well back then. It was full of incredibly rich British people. So you can imagine how well that went. I figured out after a little while that best way not to be their target was to be their friend. So I did everything I could to make myself one of them. I became a bully too. And from that moment on, me and Gideon were... And then I went to Cambridge. And I thought maybe I could leave him behind. But he was there too. And I tried to make friends with new people. And for a little while it worked. I met Liliana. I switched to studying magic. Didn't go so well. You seem pretty good at magic now. <sighs> I could never have been a wizard. Didn't know that at the time. Could never, couldn't do even the simplest spells. And then suddenly I could, except it was easy when they'd always said it would be hard. And so I stopped listening to them altogether. I started hanging out with Gideon a lot more. And by this point, he... Well, he was like Bertie. He went wherever he wanted, did whatever he wanted, and was trying to make people suffer. There was this one professor that he really hated... And we were playing a prank. I mean, you call it a prank at the time. doesn't seem funny in retrospect. He made me work up the formula for this... It was like an alchemist's thing. It was supposed to just pop and sizzle and stink. It's supposed to be just the professor alone in the, in the classroom. I wrote down the formula wrong. And then Gideon doubled all the quantities, and the classroom wasn't empty. The professor was a powerful wizard and managed to get most of the class out, but not all of them. And he couldn't save himself either. Still see their faces sometimes I got kicked out Liliana dumped me I left Cambridge behind I hope I'd left Gideon behind forever sometimes I worried that with Bertie I was getting back into the bad habits but I tried to be better I'm gonna keep trying to be better and I just I know how easy it is to think what you're doing is okay when the people around you are telling you that it's okay and you feel like you don't have a choice and you feel like just one more thing and maybe you'll escape. And I... I felt like the same thing happened to Salah and I thought I could give him the chance I had and I see that I shouldn't have. And I'm sorry I let you guys down. And if you don't want to work with me anymore, if you don't want to be part of a adventuring group with me, I'll understand. Sounds like you're learning. And wallowing in self-pity isn't going to get you anywhere. How long ago was this? Nearly a year. Oh, wait, so that would be only a short while before... A few months, I got kicked out of Cambridge, moved down to London, 
wasted a few months and then decided to try and join an adventuring group. Oh, so nice coincidence that you walked into me getting attacked. Sort of, yeah. Why did you decide to do this? You know, join an adventuring group. It sounds stupid, it sounds childish. I wanted to make up for what I did. I thought that my parents wanted me to become a merchant. I just thought, I'm not improving anyone's life if I become a merchant. That is the best answer you could have given. I haven't really made anyone's life better, have I, Grizzle? Have you just tried? keep making mistakes, have don't you I? Have tried? Have you genuinely, truly tried? Of course, every single moment. That's all... You've saved the world, so you've improved everyone. Have I, though? Because what we did in Paris, I thought it was necessary, but Zolf disagreed, and clearly the world is not better, and when we got to Prague, I got... was useless. What did I do? I didn't do anything. That sort of self-doubt won't get you anywhere. And the world is still here. The point is you tried. Genuinely tried. That's all you can do. And you hit a few zombies with your lights... Like, that was useful. And you're very rarely sick. He's going to give Sasha a look. What? He's getting better. Thank, thank you, Sasha. That he actually... Didn't see how much he was sick does... early on. He's trying. <laughs> All right. I guess that's fair enough. I, I, I haven't... You're right. It's been a while. It's great. This is look at as if, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't used to like fights very Violence much. Violence was a real problem when we first started. <laughs> okay. But I've gotten better. But the point is... Sasha grins and nods. Like, yes, I have helped this person become more psychotically violent. Good job. Well mentored. Point is you're trying and you're learning. None of us are perfect. And if you genuinely really want to do good, then let's get on with it instead of feeling sad for ourselves. And we're here to help you. Thank you. Your sausages are getting cold. You hear from the corridor outside. I swallow them whole. (laughs) (laughs) Hot! Like a duck. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow that has become less less hot. (laughs) (laughs) You hear from the corridor outside. All better then, are we? Feeling great? Is that wild? Lots of lots of team. Yeah. Team. How long have you been there? He steps out and adopts the most dramatic pose possible. Long enough, Hamid. Long enough. As it was impressed. I <laughs> pause as I consider casting Fireball really, <laughs> really hard. Important thing, though. Everyone's seeming... Everyone's, everyone's getting along nicely. Hello, new friend. Hello. Oscar, Azu. Azu, Oscar. <laughs> You're something as the pink glow <laughs> bathes his face. I am an orc paladin. <laughs> Says so on my character. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a thing are you? <laughs> I am no shouting. <laughs> 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 I am to, for, for clarification of listeners, also upon Helen's character sheet. It's the biggest thing on Helen's character sheet. Yeah. Underlined. So, if if you'll forgive me one moment, Azu. He turns to uh, Sasha and Hamid. 
You're getting through a lot of people at the moment. <laughs> Just check. Quite a difficult Risk, mission. Risks of the job, the profession, really. And she yeah. signed on? Uh, we haven't actually done the paperwork yet, but she seems keen to, and we've certainly offered her the job if she wants to sign. Well, it just so formally. happens he literally pulls out from a pocket another contract for all of the merc- for the mercenary guild. No, don't sign it. <laughs> Wait, I'm in the wrong world. <laughs> <laughs> Azu, would you be so kind? Um, if we're going to be discussing things of you know, great imported, really helps you. Could just sign that document. Um, Azu scrutinizes this document. Do you have linguistics as a skill? I do not. Yeah, roll me a d20. Okay. <laughs> Two. Two? Seems fine. That <laughs> seems your, legit. Your takeaway from this is it's really long. Yeah, I think so. I think as you like is trying to impress, <laughs> so she pretends to read it and then, but like her eyes just go halfway through, and he's like, "Yep." Mm, I, yeah. I I will also check. I'll read over her shoulder a bit and just check it's the same one that we all signed. It is, it, yeah. In, in fairness, it is. It's just you know the meritocrats—they love paperwork. Yeah. Mm. It's not even like manipulative or exploitative. It's just comprehensive. Mm. You know, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, what would you do? Well, wait, a- there was a clause about that. <laughs> Yeah, you all you all follow through flawlessly. Okay. <laughs> Look, I said comprehensive. I didn't say poorly thought out. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and Azu, have have you been brought up to speed with the whole thing? I, I, th- I think so. Fantastic. Oh, you're still here too, sort of to grizz up. You know what? Back up to full strength. I love it. Well, I mean, I'm dead. Yes, we need to save Sasha. All right then. And Can ha- you help? Uh, uh, so I've only spoken to Sayera briefly. Apparently you're after a meeting with a poffis. Yep. Aiming low, are we? Thought we'd start with something easy and work our way up, yeah? I'm on a bit of a time limit, Wild. You know what, fair. Um, well, anyway, uh, if you're heading to a poffis, I'm going to have to go in anyway. I've, I've, I've sort of got to report now that I'm here. Also, how did you get here so quickly? We got friends, Wild. We, we discussed this. We got teleported. We yeah, said we would get teleported. But who did you find to teleport you? It took me days. It's been a nightmare. It didn't seem that hard to us. Yeah, we have people like talking to us. Yeah. Yeah, helping it's our, our us. Little, our little secret, really. Being mm. not awful. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that the, I mean, I'm dead and I still find it we easier might, to have we, friends than you do. We might tell our good friends um, people that we don't find incredibly irritating and unprofessional. Mm. So, should we carry on and you can take us to see Apophis? Yeah. I like you better, Azu. Just saying. More polite. I like you too. Wait until he makes a joke about your death. I wouldn't be so callous. You can see him visibly restraining about three different puns. <laughs> um, well, uh, if, if everyone's all right, I'll just go uh, grab Sarah and we head off, yeah? We'll just go. We don't want to be late, do we? <laughs> if you're going to jump the gun <laughs> on every single one, what, what do you want from me? Okay, I can you come let- up with- Headstone off. Okay, that was that was terrible. That was terrible. Take that back. I'm mortified. No! Please stop. Please. You brought it back. No, no, you didn't. Uh... It's the kind of joke that works better if you bury the lead. So. Oh, hey! yeah. uh, no morgue of that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> how many wills? How many saves are you making per morning? How many more do you want? 
So wait, wait, give me a second. <laughs> so if you're saving against death, is it a literal will save? <laughs> no. All right, fine. Um, I, tried. I tried. Wild heads grab Saira, and she comes back, and you are all in the breakfast room. So, you know, time's wasting. Um, I'm wasting away. Eh? That's in character because it's bad <laughs> enough. <that laughs> Sasha would pick it up. That's a charisma charisma minus one pun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wasting away. Ever because um because I got a wasting illness. Yeah, Trick, the trick's not explaining them. Sire is just there. Um, she looks like she hasn't slept at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So heading off. Um, a couple of things to be aware. You're not going to be allowed to take any weapons inside with um, the meritocrat. I mean, that's not a big surprise. Um, and hmm. don't don't go using magic when you're in there. I mean, it's technically not illegal, but it is a bad idea. Um, apart from that, you might be asked to be seen individually. Like I can't. I don't speak for Apophis. I just you know. I act on their behalf, so you know. Just please don't make me regret this. But I, I feel, I feel like we do have to have this meeting, okay? Right. Um, I mean, we were going to do it without you, so we can do that. Sorry, just kind of looks a little bit puzzled. Is clearly not, not with it this morning, and heads out mm-hmm. to a carriage. The door opens outside. If you all head out. Sand everywhere. Everyone's cleaning up again. It's a little bit worse than it was last time because you can only clean up so much before the next one hits. But yeah, everyone's cleaning away and she heads down to the carriage. Wild gestures for you all to uh, come with him to the carriage as well. It could be like one of those things where you open the door and it's like with the snow and it's all... <laughs> and you have like muscle through. Yep, yep. Cannon. Job done. You're all snowed in with sand. <laughs> Does right anyone have an issue with me jumping ahead to... I think that would be a very good a idea. <laughs> okay, so... The carriage heads off, and rather than heading into the town... That town? Heading into the city, heads in the opposite direction, heads further out, and starts heading out towards... You know Hamid, I should say, and as you may be... Um, do you have knowledge geography? Nope. I have knowledge local, and I spent a lot of time on a roof. Yeah, Sasha would know as well. Azu, flip a coin, I don't know. Um, you know that if you stick on this road long enough, you're just going to end up in the desert. Like, it, it heads due desert. Um, and you are not heading that far. You keep going for a while. You do leave the city behind. It takes about an hour and a half or so, maybe maybe two if it's going slow because of the sand. Um, and you head out till eventually you see there's something sort of shining in the distance. Um, it is a golden shine. And it is, you're, it's getting a bit more dewy. It's not full desert or anything like that. Um, but you are, you have, you have left the river a far behind. Full be- desert, never go full desert. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way: you've left the river far behind, and it's increasingly arid, and increasingly open in an unsettling way, uh, Sasha. But at the very, very distance, there is this sort of gleam, and you head over a couple of rises and so on, and then you see this massive enormous sprawling shape which i mean it's it's a pyramid in so far as that's the basic shape but it doesn't look like it's um based on anything egyptian or anything like that it's just massive a absolutely massive structure which is so large that it's probably that shape just so it doesn't fall down unless there's magic going on it's it's huge it makes like the Great Pyramid of Giza look tiny by comparison. It's it's massive and it is magically reinforced. In terms of decoration and so on, it isn't gilded. Like, the shine comes from the very, very top, 
where there is there appears to be like in the heat haze it's hard to tell some kind of like artwork upon the top which is golden but mostly it is covered in draconic designs and um basically stone renditions of a massive dragon which are sort of draped upon this vaguely pyramidical pyramidical pyramid shape um but again tetrahedroid yes but it is not again it's not gilded there's not cornicing it's not gothic it is just massive that's the takeaway and as you head towards it um it's mostly empty insofar as like you don't approach and have loads of people in the surrounding area or anything like that it's quite isolated and you draw up to there are some smaller buildings out front of the the larger building which are a lot more humanoid scale you know a bit more functional they still look kind of like a town hall like but they are not the vast monolithic structure which is the the um, meritocratic home let's call it what what's the proper form of address for a meritocrat if we actually uh, ushered into their presence well it, uh, technically there are a lot of rules and so on apophis doesn't really go for that kind of thing um just be respectful sir is fine uh bowing your head etc but in terms of like your grand majesty apophis doesn't really go for that kind of thing in fact he finds it quite annoying okay so yeah heading up it let's put it this way the meritocrats have always gone in for security they've they've been big fans of you know fences and paperwork and proper procedure this doesn't really have much of that it's mostly standalone. There are some people, again, towards the left-hand side, the sort of town hall style building, which are effectively entering into the building and coming out and then filing paperwork. There are some carriages, a couple of riders will come and go and so on. But it doesn't have that mark of officiousness you would necessarily expect. It's far more self-contained. You uh, head up and then the carriage stops and um, Cyrus steps out with Wild and they gesture for you to follow. And uh, unless anyone has anything that they want to do, they will just head straight to the front doors. Okay. Not even shiny enough to appraise. Heading in, you head in through the main entrance, which is, I forget what the word is. What is it when you have your massive, massive door and then you have a smaller door built into the side of uh, Sally Port or something? Tiny inside door. I want to, I'm going to say Sally Port, even though I think it's wrong. I can't remember what it is. But yeah, they have these huge gilded doors, etc., which are, you know... It looks, actually, Sasha, to your, your passive appraisal, yeah. um, quite similar to the Tahan um, doors, but larger, maybe less in the way of gems, more in the ways of metals, and it's obviously all draconic-based. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's this smaller door that you head in, and you head into this huge hall. And the first thing is there's a lot of wasted space. It is a large pillared um, hall which stretches off in all directions and there are a lot more people in here. Think of it almost as a medieval court insofar as everyone's standing and sort of talking to one another, one group will move into the other and so on. And upon the walls at the far right, far left and so on is large mosaics which are basically depicting images of Apophis again. Um, They're magicked insofar as like the mosaic moves and so on. But it's, like a Harry Potter picture. Yeah, but it is strictly like aesthetic. Like even without any training, you can see there's, it's not got any huge thing. It's not got a huge glow to it or anything. <laughs> it's just doing its thing. Everyone sort of notices you enter and then carries on in, in hushed tones. Wild is striding up like he owns the place. Mm-hmm. Sort of 
giving two finger salutes at people. Most of them seem to not like him at a glance. <laughs> um, Saira is, you know, someone will run up to Saira, have a hushed conversation, she'll have a quick word and then carry on. And basically, you are all shown straight through to the far end is another set of dub- double doors. You open them, head in, and you find yourself in a much smaller humanoid style room insofar as no dragon's going to be fitting in here. (laughs) It has a set of cushioned couches on the corners and again it is lit magically. There's no torches and so on. And Saira stops here and turns to you all. So beyond this point we're entering the um, the sort of realm of Apophis we call it. Um, It's his rules beyond this door. He's, He's kind, he's magnanimous, don't worry about that but just really don't make a scene um, and I'm not asking this I'm not asking this from a place of, of trying to hide anything or anything like that but you know it, it is Apophis mm, so no scenes. Gotcha. so let's just try and let's just try and do this as, as best we can okay mm-hmm. Very well. I, I don't foresee any problems she opens the door and we'll take a break there and be back in a couple of minutes Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome back. So, you head in, and immediately the first thing that's apparent is scale. Like, the hall, the hall that you came in, the main hall, was big. This is phenomenally massive, and it's very obvious that this one is built for the holding of a potentially colossal dragon, not um, the entrance hall, which was meant to be grand. This is just... It's... A weird one to describe because it's not a thing that you see often in like the real world because that much empty space is kind of a waste normally people put stuff Don't in like it the excel center yeah yeah like honestly like arenas are sort of the best way of describing it mm. and right up at this end sort of cutched in almost to the to the entrance is um basically a person behind a desk and it's a small normal human sized desk <laughs> the, the airport scanner <laughs> <laughs> basically yes you do see to your left there are a bunch of racks for the holding of weapons and the other side is uh, racks for the holding of armor and so on and there are some um, like freestanding uh, racks which hold basically ceremonial gowns that people can wear mm-hmm. Saira without mentioning sort of gives a nod to the person behind the desk and takes off her overcoat type thing and, you know, dons one of the gowns. She gestures for the rest of you. You don't have to. I mean, it's a sign of respect, but this is as far as we go with, you know, weapons, armour, etc. I can't stress enough how weird it is that this person's behind this desk basically ignoring the enormous, vast cavern that disappears into the dim and distance (laughs) behind. And he's... He seems to be quite elderly, wearing this sort of ornate purple robe, and he's just there sort of nodding meekly yeah uh, I take off my crossbow put it on the rack I take off my bag of holding hang that on the rack but uh, yeah I mean 
that's all they need to do. Uh, I'll put on a robe, mm-hmm. but I'll kind of do it slightly hesitantly to make sure it's okay. <laughs> sure. Um, it magically resizes itself to fit you. And is, if I am correct, it's white, but it has a sort of brassy inlay shocker. And it also has patterns sort of depicting agriculture, trees, farmland, that kind of thing. It's it's very much a sort of, look what this person's responsible for, you know. Mm. It's just very clearly iconogra- iconographical. Ooh. But, um, yeah, the person behind the desk is sort of gesturing for the rest of you. It's it's quite all right if, uh, if you leave your things here. Um... I, I should I should be quite able to protect them. Mm. Yeah, take, mm. take weapons off, hang them on the rack. Uh, my thanks and uh, my my regards to um uh, to, to 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 Artemis and so on. It's been a it's been a while since I've I've run into in, uh, run into your 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 sect. Mm-hmm. Um, after seeing Grizzop do it, then Azu will do it as well. Um, so that leaves her just in like her priestess robes. Oh, well, I haven't taken my armor off. Oh. The, uh, again, the, yeah, the person behind the desk is going, um, uh, that's fine, we understand. Um, all we ask is that if you cannot approach too close whilst wearing the armour, that merely is a sign of courtesy. Okay. Okay. Armour on, then. <laughs> uh, my, my, my thanks. My thanks. Sasha, how many have we got? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, clank, 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 looks, looks at people begins to move towards the... <laughs> Hammond gives the slightest cough. Clank. <laughs> clank. Clank. There's a clank from the back. Clank. <laughs> clank. Then looks very hesitant, clanking her favourite ice dagger. Oh. Down. Looks at Hamid like he's ruined her Sunday walk in the park. <laughs> clank. While maintaining eye contact, now you've knocked Hamid, over her ice cream. Hamid raises an eyebrow. Clank. That's the fire one. And so I need to know outside of the game: Have you deposited all of your weapons? Wait, no. <laughs> and she gets out, like, then reaches behind inside her leather jacket, and then like three bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Again, person behind the desk. Basically, it's just a oh, thank you. Because <laughs> that's the thing is that like because they're because they're an alchemist. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's supposed to kind of actually sort of make them. Well, the idea is that you sort of carry reagents and then mix them yeah. on the fly and chuck them. So. so it's the kind of like and then like begins to sort of maybe just bring the bag of sulfur that she carries. <laughs> back to me and it's like eh, that goes back in the pocket. Uh, Does thermite count as a weapon? Mm. Uh, um, so that is, I think, all of her. Wait. wait. <laughs> Because um, it would be too easy to say, yes, I deposit all my weapons. <laughs> then Every single clank. Got to do it with style. Then clank, I think, because she, she had a Tanglefoot bag. Are so. you done? You got any other weapons? I mean... Ha- Hamid turns to go. He's pretty sure that she's given them all up. Yeah, mm. that that is all of them. Um, if she doesn't take her leather jacket off. Uh, and that isn't even about not wanting to not have her armour on it's the fact that she doesn't want everyone to see that she's got massively scarred shoulders under a, under a shirt so as you um, as you start heading in the man at the desk sort of gives an encouraging double thumbs up <coughs> uh, and uh, do try to avoid um, u- using magic uh, not not because it's illegal or anything but we have quite a lot of um, wards and protections in here that will go off and it might just cause a bit of a fuss so do well, try to avoid it damage my daggers no, no, no. Okay. Um, I'm, I... That one's my favourite. 
So <laughs> if if anyone comes along, just shout and I'll come back for Oh, it's them. fine. If anyone comes in unannounced, and um, they'll get a maximised fireball to the face. It's all good. Right. That's right. sort of what I'm here for. Will that damage the daggers? No, no, <laughs> you're absolutely fine. I'm rather good at this. Right. There's a reason you come through the smaller room. I can just send that right in there. Oh, great, great, great. Uh, don't be alarmed if you see some other people like myself um, in, in the hall. They're just, you know, keeping an eye on things. Great. Okay. Ex- well, best of luck. Okay. Sasha, like, puts her hands, pads, pads everything. There's, like, there's one <laughs> sneaky one that's, like, been sewn into the collar. <laughs> like the size of your thumb. Yeah. Ah, oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. starts heading down the middle of the hall and gestures for you all to follow. Mm-hmm. You start walking, and, yeah, it's, it's an echoing space. And it is supported by the odd pillar here and there, but they are spaced as far as it's... Let's be honest, it's a space further than is architecturally possible. Magic's probably helping support this space. Mm-hmm. And um, as you're heading, eventually you start seeing intermittently there are other elderly robed uh, men and women sort of stood by columns and so on and just sort of mooching around, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. And you continue heading through the space, which is of much lower light. And then Syra sort of um, gestures for you all to stop. So we're basically as close as we can go before we um, enter Apophis's presence. Uh, before I do so, I'm going to need to announce you privately. Um, is, is there any titles or anything that you'd like me to mention? Again, Apophis doesn't really go for this kind of thing, but some people some people prefer it. Nope. Uh, no, that, that that's fine. Uh, no. no, 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 no. Right. If you just wait here, you'll... It'll be obvious when it's time. She heads off down the hall. It takes a while... To start impatiently tapping my foot. Sure, and again, it is just because the gloom is based on it's a low light, it's a low light area that just stretches for so far. <laughs> so she d- disappears into the gloom. There's a very, very faint, like a like a shuffling, grating sound, and then she um she walks back, takes a while, comes back out of the gloom. Uh, right, you all braced yourself then? Yep. Here we go. Ready. You know, You don't hear the sort of boom, boom of foot, foot. It's very much more... Like, have you ever heard a snake when it's going over sand? That kind of grating sound, that sliding sound. And then coming out of the gloom, you start seeing this enormous... And, like, yeah, co- colossal is the right size category dragon like congratulations we made it to dragons yay what kind of dragon so like, like are, are we long and thin or sort like of... a wyvern type dragon yeah. or like a big stout dragon or so this one is very stout i don't mean like fat no, no, <laughs> but stone. yeah it's it's a it's built you know like and a, a staffordshire bull terrier of a dragon <laughs> yeah yeah you know it is yeah four legs well, is the right one mm-hmm. and it does have um Wings upon its back, they're not part of its are they tiny arms or anything. Wings? They are not. <laughs> they are they are correctly sized. They're, However, they'll be folded in. One presumes whilst the whilst the dragon is stocky, it is also sort of elongated. Not um, sort of uh, like Chinese iconography dragon. That's yeah. too much. But it does have a sort of long and slender is shape to it. Iguana. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Better. Hmm. But it is shining and brass. Hmm. And suddenly, it comes to you that that shine you were seeing from up top wasn't gold. 
it was probably brass because it has the same color as this and it looks like someone has made this out of brass each scale is like a huge brass sheet and it's sort of slinking its way up it sort of has it bobs Alex its is head. doing some amazing movements you know it yeah. bobs right its now, head guys. I wish it, you could see this practically a dragon it does not move <laughs> as a simple like human would be You've it's made all that about very clear it's all about movement. constant movement though so yeah. even if like the head Good is still <laughs> the rest of the body's moving the tail you all... can't even see you get like a tiny little glimpse at the back but it approaches <laughs> bring in sexy and the back. eyes are narrowed to slits Ooh. and are like even narrow to slits bright orange like emitting light bright orange and it slinks kind of closer till eventually still sort of quite low to the ground it starts distorting in a really peculiar way where your depth perception starts to feel off as the front of it seems to sort of be compressing into the shoulders and the shoulders seems compressing into the back concertinaing and it starts sort of shrinking as well and it's still approaching still slithering and with its head bobbing and so on but as it does so the arms slowly start to reform the shoulders and long story short it slowly reforms itself it doesn't it's not an agonizing transition just very peculiar <laughs> till eventually a humanoid figure is walking towards you clothed in robes of brass and with eyes this time still narrow to slits but emitting bright orange light and the figure continues to walk till eventually he is stood maybe um, 20 feet apart from you and stands there with its uh, hands clasped you see that the hands are quite reminiscent of Hamid's yeah it's interesting Mm. he's gone to human size rather than halfling sized and the figure is there with its uh, slightly dragony hands, and yeah, the the resemblance to the way Hamid is going is actually quite stark once it's kind of apparent. And the figure stands, looks up and opens its eyes, and they are a deep, bright orange, to the point where they are quite difficult to look straight at, because it's like looking at a light. And then he speaks, and his voice has not shrunk with his size. So coming from um, this humanoid figure is a voice that, even speaking quietly, echoes out across the space. Greetings to all of you. I thank you for your presence. Again, this is a deep, bassy rumble that rolls out through the space. (laughs) Just just do a thumbs up. (laughs) There's a faint smirk, and then Apophis raises a thumb, gives a thumb up. Uh, Hamid sort of bows his head slightly. It's an honour. As in attempts a curtsy. (laughs) (laughs) In armour! Slight awkward bow while never taking her eyes off him. Like, so, you know how usually if you bow, you kind of, your head goes down. No. Mm. Like, so it's quite an awkward spine bend. (laughs) Both Saya and Wilde have dropped to one knee with, like, heads bowed. And uh, just stay that way till again. You may rise. They, they do so. <laughs> Probably fine. They didn't tell us we should. Mm. We so. did ask. Sire tells me we have something to discuss. Uh, yeah, a, yes. A lot of things, probably. We would like to request temporary access to 
the heart of Aphrodite. Our friend Sasha. Awkward wave. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> had uh, an unfortunate affliction uh, put upon her in the course of our duties in your service. And we've been told that this might be the only way to restore her to full health. Step forward, Hamid of the Tahans. Hamid does so. The creature starts walking towards Hamid specifically. Mm. There's one extra fact which is a little bit disturbing. You can feel actual heat from the light of those eyes. It's not just bright. It's There, there is a warmth coming out. Ha- Hamid doesn't seem... To, it isn't seem doesn't seem to be bothered by it, hmm. actually. Weirdly, again, Puffy sort of looks and tilts the head, tilts back. You wear your heritage well, Hamid of the Tahans. Oh my! Hamid looks genuinely shocked, but also quite pleased. Yeah. Th- th- thank, thank you. Compliment from a dragon. Thanks, oh Dad. <laughs> yeah. It's been many years since I've seen anyone with quite the appearance that you seem to be taking to so well. Um, yes, it, it would appear that my heritage is uh, expressed more strongly than anyone in many generations, at least, that I'm aware of. And the rest of your family, do they share this? I've not heard of it, if so. No, I seem to be the only one. <laughs> Funny how these things work. Yes. Put it about, lad. <laughs> um, I've only very recently become aware of exactly the situation. Uh, may I show you something? Certainly. Uh, so I'm going to take the robe off sure. and turn round. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Uh, I am, of course, keeping it covered up. Uh, I thank you for your discretion. And to the rest of you, I would ask only similar discretion. So, Sasha, I believe it was. I'll turn that round and put the robe back on. Please step forward. Hamid, I thank you for your time. Step back into line with everyone else mm-hmm. and try and give Sasha an encouraging nod. Sasha seems to appear to sneak forward. <laughs> <laughs> In the huge, empty room. <laughs> Roll the stealth check. It'd be amazing if we all just lose you for a second. <laughs> you know what? I'll allow that. Well, that is 16 plus 18. So the way that you pull this one so is very is simple. 34. There's nowhere that you can hide behind, but you know that if you can angle it right, everyone's going to be looking into these bright eyes and they're basically going to lose you in the glare. She, she just looks incredible. We incredibly just, unnoticeable. We just take her eyes off Sasha for a second and suddenly she's standing three feet further forward. <laughs> yeah. Folds into the shadow. Yeah. Like in a horror film. You would ask for the heart of Aphrodite. Um, well, I mean, I... I so, I've been... I'm told that that's... Um... I mean, you know, if I have to die, I have to die. Again. What do you know of the reasons for us withholding this item? Nothing really. Look, I, they said right. Um, oh, sorry, I'll just, I'll just nudge Azu in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah, I just they they just said that it might it might help, but if 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 it's too much uh, tr- trouble, 
open up some stuff. Wild stand. Wild steps forward. Tell you what, doesn't seem quite so sarcastic or up himself right now. <laughs> the model of, of demure obedience. The modern <laughs> I find myself torn. Our reasons for withholding such items are considered and correct. Yet I hear from your representative... Again, gesturing to Wilde. That you have proven yourself beyond irreplaceable. Well, he actually used those words. That's, that's Give me a sense motive. I mean, I will, but I've deliberately not put anything into... Oh, that's all good. Um, okay, 12 plus 7. Unfortunately, that's ten plus. Uh, so that's uh, nineteen. The rest of the group can't see, but you can because you are stood beside him. Mm. Wild winces. I believe your words were singular talent. He winces yet more. Uh, well, you could mean anything by that. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Okay. Ha- having good. thinks about speaking again from his place, but, but reconsiders. G- good. Mm. I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, surrounds herself with. Honourable and talented individuals who have been serving the meritocrats almost perfectly, from what I hear. Almost. I just, I mean, I don't know what I could have done better, really. I've killed a lot of, lot of bad people. Um, Probably I, some good ones. I, I, do, I do think, uh, as I see Sasha starting to stammer a bit, I, I'll, I will speak up. I, I have to say, sir, that nothing that we have accomplished would have happened without Sasha. The, she's done more than any other person in terms of the accomplishments we've made over the last few months when times and I've fallen or started to give up she's the one who's been able to carry on and none of it would have happened without her just because I have more daggers that's the trick (laughs) (laughs) I just need lots of them Paladins would you step forward for me yep step forward yes I would ask your counsel. <laughs> oh, Helen's face! <laughs> gonna give him a like, you're what, mate? Kind of <laughs> As his face is almost exactly with the face that I just pulled, which is like, uh, like Andy's face in like Parks and Recreation. Oh, <laughs> the gif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a Describe pro- it to me. Common reaction gif. Um, um, oh, yeah. It's, a, it, it's, it's like a, super excited uh, and shocked. So, mouth agape kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sasha basically has subtly stepped behind Azu. Sure, sure. <laughs> yes. Azu is aware and is very pleased that you have done that. You're just bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's hard to hide behind Grizzoff in fact. <laughs> she can manage could, it. I could manage it as well. You could she manage can, it. She can manage it on a high roll. The meritocratic choice to withhold items and rituals of unparalleled power was not made lightly and was not popular. The heart of Aphrodite would allow simple risk-free resurrections. The actual rituals for resurrections have been outlawed for an extremely long time in your years. These decisions were made in the hopes that it might encourage equality, that it might encourage human development towards such things. To waive this would constitute an act against this decision, which even now we do not necessarily believe was incorrect. 
as representatives of Aphrodite and Artemis. I find myself curious. In my situation, how would you rule? Well, it is the heart of Aphrodite, so... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's fair. It's fair. It's not the heart of Apophis. That'd be terrible. (laughs) You could just pray and get that answered. It's, It's a healing item, so we would share it, as that is our creed. And what would you do when 100 turn up? and you may resurrect two. Then 400 turn up, and you may resurrect two. And so on, and so on. It is easy for people to presume that as a meritocrat I consider myself beyond the realm of mundanity, and that is not the case. But I have yet to receive a counsel from anyone who could justify this act and make it work. I am more than willing to do so when that counsel is provided. Well, not really the kind of person to deal with something like this. More of a doer, but... well. This is why I ask your counsel. She ain't dead. A fair point. So, <laughs> awkward, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Peek out from behind Azu. But she's gonna die. And you can stop it. We're supposed to help people. So, you know, the decision seems clear to me. But as I said, I'm not, you know, whatever. Don't imply. Speak plainly, and I will not judge you for doing so. Uh, yes, I would immediately. <laughs> and when people find out about it? It's not my problem. As I said, I'm a doer, not a... We're good at not talking. You ask if, given the choice, I would, and uh, yes, I would. So there you go, that's my honest answer. Wild pipes up at this point. Saya, again, has been just respectfully stood aside. This isn't really her conversation right now, but Wild does pipe up. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there, but we could actually just... doesn't actually have to leave this room. I mean, it doesn't really become a problem unless anyone finds out. Apophis doesn't look particularly happy at this. Mm. Uh, if I if I may, I I, I do think this is a, a, an exceptional circumstance. As as uh, Grizzop said, it, it, it's the fact that Sasha is not actually dead yet means that it is a different situation. If we understand that the meritocrats made the laws about the natural cycle of life and death to protect humans from the evils of Rome and that still seems a sensible decision but Sasha's situation is very different is the first reason it is an exceptional circumstances and the second is that it was specifically incurred in a situation in service to the meritocrats in uh, again what I hope is a situation never to be repeated uh, so I think that there, there are at least two reasons for this to be a exception to the normal rules Grizz's eyebrows suddenly raise like he's risen and goes, Oh, actually, um, that question for you, uh, sir. An, an amused raised eyebrow. <laughs> well, you said all of this, but um, why didn't you ban magical healing? It's the same thing. The temples of Aphrodite, Artemis and the rest all receive stipends from the meritocrats in order to fund the healing of the needy, in order to pay for 
items to do so, etc. The fact is that the healing magics which are proliferating throughout human lands are so widespread as to be almost unexploitable. The wealthy have not been receiving extra, as it were. However, when it came to resurrection, the fact is that it's a narrow margin of people who are able to do so. It takes a large amount of resources, and it takes a large amount of preparation, which unfortunately meant it was easier to be exploited. If we could ensure resurrection was universal for all, we would consider it. But this isn't resurrection, this is prevention, and... Also, have you been working towards bringing resurrection to everybody, or have you just sat on it? Because you haven't destroyed it, and you could have, so you've kept it around for a reason. It is my hope that one day this will be achieved. It is not my place to develop these things for humanity, merely to ensure their correct enforcement and their correct application. Should humanity develop the means for this, I would not stand in its way. Then again, I do not speak for all of the meritocrats. I think, I think, sir, we would certainly argue that this situation is an extension of the healing arts rather than an open doorway to the uh, rituals of resurrection. Apophis sort of gives a smile. I regularly find myself stifled by the good intentions of those who have forgotten those that they serve. And the people that they serve is not myself, but the people themselves. Sasha's eyes slowly. (laughs) (laughs) You give wise counsel, and it's much appreciated. You may do so. We will allow this precedent to be set on the understanding that yes, you are actually neither alive nor dead. This would not be breaking any kind of taboo that we know of. As it stands, please feel free. I thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Apophis turns and starts walking away and slowly starts expanding again and lengthening and the perspective starts warping and so on. And then he stops, turns around and moves back. And because he's that large, it only takes him moments to suddenly come right back and the face is right up close to you and it is phenomenally huge just massive it is all teeth and nostrils and massive burning eyes mm. albeit any with of a, us would very much be a single bite albeit with a benevolent <laughs> smile <Toothpick>. to it <laughs> can't help but whisper a prayer to our that point I also would ask that Hamid kin of my kin yes I do not necessarily believe the world is in the best situation to engage with the nature of your heritage. I don't believe it is a secret that it can be kept, but perhaps it is one that might be delayed. Something to consider. Of, of course. The head pulls away. Ha- Hammond bows again. Turns around and that... Great space work, Alex. Ah, thanks. <laughs> Good wiggling. He's doing all the feet. And he heads back out. Yep. Into Elbows the gloom. for wings. And we'll end the episode there. 
I, I, t- I turn to the others and go, well, that was pretty cool, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I try. I try <laughs> and build you. These great escape. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Fine. We're going to go now. And when we come back, everyone's going to have a proper appreciation for drama and scale. That was very appreciative. <laughs> Bye. 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 Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Another thing I have to check. I hate writing things down. I'm really rubbish at finding it. This is a mistake that you have, Alex. Making prep. Mm. You were just winging it. What would you have to read? There'd be no resentment. I used to do that, but when I add layer, when I layer misery on top of one another, I start to lose track of the misery. Fair. Thank you. Compliment from a dragon. Thanks, Dad. Cheers, Gramps. (laughs) Go, Gramps. Helen, keep your... (laughs) Kinky. I'll I'll wait till he smacks me. Thanks. (laughs) Hello, all. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the programme audio series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.